What's that you say? You gotta turn on the radio. Okay. You got to listen to Prohibition Radio with Emma Claire. You got to listen to Prohibition Radio with Emma Claire. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Emma Claire and this is the Prohibition Radio Show. Welcome to a special bonus edition. It's July and this is our second show this month. We are spoiling you. I have an exclusive interview for you um, with two of my favourite electro swing producers, Bart and Baker from Paris. They've been guests on the Prohibition Radio Show before with a guest mix. And at this time, we welcome them back for an interview. So there's no music for this show. We're just going straight into the talking. So without further ado, I shall say hello and welcome to Bart and Baker. Okay, so hello, Bart and Baker. Welcome to the Prohibition Radio Show. Hello, Hello, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule. I know you guys are super busy. Um, now, for the listeners who might be new to Electro Swing, um, can you tell me a bit about yourself? So, who are Bart and Baker and how and when did this all begin? Yeah, so uh, this is Baker. Hello. <laughs> Bart. Um, we took our, our um, artist name from uh, our background. Uh, Baker used to be a favorite to Josephine Baker the legendary uh, singer and actress wow. and she wanted to adopt him when he was a little child so from this um, uh, story he made uh, his name as an artist and uh, me my uh, pseudonym comes from uh, the simpson but. because basically we, we first met when we were collecting records you know those uh, record fair that you like to go to get vinyl mm-hmm. and cd and um, one of the merchants uh, thought that we should connect because I was going after jazz sample in house music and Baker was interested in two remixes of uh, old-fashioned jazz. So basically he thought those two guys could actually benefit to each other if they, if they meet. Um, and yeah, and Barden Baker is not born right away. Uh, we used to travel to New York uh, when it was cheap, uh, we used to come on the on a Friday and we were leaving on a Sunday evening. And our occupation was to do record shopping and to go to a famous party in New York called Body and Soul. Maybe you heard about it. At the Vinyl Club. It was yeah. uh, fantastic because it was in the afternoon. Uh, it was open to all communities, Spanish, gay, uh, music lovers, tourists, in a very, very nice um, uh, friendship around music and it was very free uh, the song was uh, disco latin uh, i mean very enthusiastic and the dj were old they were like around 45 50. oh wow so that's, thought, that's amazing <laughs> so we thought uh, there's a place on earth where maybe we could play music and um, and so basically from this trip and after uh, 9-11 the club was shut down so we couldn't actually go back to New York and, you know, the, the, the mood was very different. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started to come to clubs in Paris and try to connect with communities. And um, even if I love French touch and uh, the sound from this era, uh, the DJ were 25 years old. 
as they were wondering why uh, daddies were coming to the club to speak to them. <laughs> Uh, on the other side, uh, we met with a guy who was into mashup. You know, mashup was a yeah. big a few years ago, and he was a Lindy, a Lindy Hop dancer as well. And uh, he asked us to come to the Lindy Hop party, and we met the organizer. And the organizer was interested into our, you know, very early mix of uh, vintage uh, remix song. Mm -hmm. And he was interested because the club was not making enough money with the Lindy Hop dancers, classical story. Mm -hmm. And he needed the clubbers to come with a different soundtrack. And that's how we started building up a playlist and try to find some sounds that could fit to the remix vintage category. Amazing. That's such a cool story. And the fact that um, Mr. Baker has such a cool kind of mom as well. That's, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and also, I think we need to talk about, obviously, your style. It's so iconic. Um, the tuxedos and the top hats um, that you wear for your shows. They're like, they're super distinctive. As soon as anybody sees them, they know that, you know, it's Barton Baker. How did you come up with the idea? And also, how did you how did you decide who gets to wear red and who gets to wear white? No, we change. You know, it's not uh, all the time all the time the same. Sometimes mm -hmm. he's black, sometimes he's white. Uh, it's me who has this idea because I was when I was student, I was working at the Folie Berger. It's a musical in Paris, mm -hmm. and I, it was so fascinating all these costumes. So I said, why don't we do make costumes for the DJ when we make yeah. DJ set? And, and I think he made a point saying that usually when you go and perform on a stage, you want to make the audience the most uh, daz uh, you know dazzling as possible. And you Absolutely. know, the costume is like it's like you say thank you for the public to pay a ticket and come to see you. Mm -hmm. It's very old-fashioned, I know, <laughs> but um, you know the funny story is that we, we, we're playing for a billionaire sometimes around the year, and that's because he, he knew a costume from Tomorrowland that he could ask to his um, employee, could you find those people wearing top hats? <laughs> so, you know, if you were uh, wearing jeans and uh, tees, you know, he would, would never find who we were. Exactly, and I have to say, you guys absolutely suit the style. You, you, you know, you're so suave, um, as we say in English. It really suits you. So yeah, well done. <laughs> I can say something that uh, Baker is not going to be happy, but basically, those costumes come from wedding shop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you give away your trade secrets there, don't no, I? No, no, we don't. I'll be going to the shops to buy. No, it's <laughs> but you, you, you got there first. <laughs> And obviously, um, you you two were one of the first acts to, to start playing electro swing, and that must have been super exciting. I know you kind of touched on um, how you kind of started with with the vintage remix and everything, but kind of what's been your inspiration um, mm -hmm. to start kind of playing and producing the sound? And did you guys play any other genres before you got into electro swing? Any of what? Sorry? Any other different styles of music before you played oh, electro swing? Yeah, you know, um, as I said, uh, for another of your question, we are big, big collectors of music. You know, we may have about fifteen thousand records all around, and we we buy constantly. We go to Tokyo now because this is the only city in the world where, where you can. can buy 
decent music. Ooh, um, another trade secret. <laughs> it's actually cool. There's a lot of electro thing actually in Japan, and yeah. even local pressings that nobody knows about. I should send you that. Uh, <laughs> so the story is that um, we love the New York house sound of the '90s. Basically, you know all the the basic house music style, you know, mm -hmm. without the EDM uh, push-up. Yeah. And um, when we were going to the States, the electro thing sound was developing. The, what people don't know is that uh, there's a, an issue with uh, using music under copyright in, in America. Uh, Walt Disney has, vo has voted a law, especially for Walt Disney, and all the content, cultural content that predicted for 95 years. So oh, basic wow. electro swing is born in, in USA, but the only way to get the music release was to partner with European label. Uh -huh. This is why J-Swing that you know about, mm -hmm. J-Swing is, um, is only an umbrella label to just release the production from American DJ that were um, stopped from releasing it because of the copyright. Ah, interesting though. Um, my theory is that the real origin of electro swing is the house music, uh, the stylish vocal house music using uh, a bit of sample from jazz. Yeah, I, I do love the kind of, how, I mean, obviously house music's very much part of where I've come from and I do love the, the whole jazz samples with house. It's interesting that you mentioned kind of 90s house music as well, obviously kind of like, I don't know, and also Marshall Jefferson and the kind of Chicago house, I guess that's been a big part of your... You know what's funny is that we're working at the moment on a remix with a guy, a French guy with signed with Nervous Records. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, that's something great to look forward to. <laughs> Very you exciting. Know, you know what's the story behind Nervous Records that nobody really knows? Uh, the guy behind Nervous Records is the son of a guy who owns most of the disco music uh, copyright. Oh, wow. Useful guy to know. So his father get all the disco sound, you know, like stocked somewhere. And the son makes some house music with the sample. Amazing, I love it. <laughs> now, obviously, you as Barton Baker, you've released so many tracks. Um, I know this might be really hard for you to say, but it could, if you had to pick one, can you pick one of your favorites and, and why? Yeah, I think, you know, there's one track that we like. Uh, it's a track we wrote for Clementine, you know, which is mm -hmm. a long-lasting you know, this is that French girl who is so famous in Japan and nobody knows her in okay. France, you know, the big <laughs> Japan effect. And we wrote uh, a song for her called um, I, I've Got a Date with My Soul. Except that when you say soul in French, am, it sounds like homme, man. <laughs> and so I think uh, this song is good because it's got a lot of uh, subtle lyrics. Uh, there is the development in the arrangement and uh, it's quite sexy, you know, it's, it's kind of mixing everything you, we like about production. And, made an English and uh, we had a version with Nicole Rochelle. In English. <laughs> which, oh, is, okay. uh, which is good as well, you know, yeah. sometimes when you adapt in different languages, it's not perfect, but this time it worked uh, wonderfully. Yeah, uh, they all that This may be a favorite with us. Uh, nice. Well, everyone go check that track out. Maybe we'll uh, post a link to it um, in the comments for the videos when we when we put this up on YouTube. 
Um, now, as well as releasing original music, I was having a little bit of scoot about on your Facebook page and I was seeing some really big names popping up on there and the people that you've worked with, from say, Dimitri in Paris, uh, Caravan Palace. Um, have you got any interesting studio stories that you could maybe share with the listeners from when you've worked yeah. with people like this? Well, you know, uh, as you know, Caravan Palace is a very easy band to work with. Oh, wow, that, that's great to hear. <laughs> Just making a joke. Um, oh. <laughs> that every time we have produced a remix for Caravan Palace, the first one was a mixed version between Dragons and um, Coquin. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, they made it uh, under a new name called Drag Queen. Oh, okay. They cut, the, they cut the drag from Dragons and the Queen from Coquin. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second was a remix of Dramophone. Uh-huh. Uh, believe me or not, the, the two times we made a remix for them, we were still waiting for their approval while we were mixing the compilation. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, okay, if it doesn't go into the compilation, what number would we put instead, you know? Yeah, so, I can imagine so, that would be quite frustrating. Yeah. I think, you know, this is a band with so many people who want to have a view on things that it's always difficult to get a democratic vote when you are seven under the table. Definitely. Do, do, you, do you two ever fall out with music or do you always kind of see eye to eye when you're writing tracks? You mean if we do we meet the artist, if we can? Yeah, like if you're doing a Barton Baker track, do you always kind of agree on what you're doing or do you? Uh, yeah, you know, you know what's funny is that uh, our, our rule as Barton Baker is that we decide in the car. <laughs> That's because, a great place uh, to you know, when, we, when we're listening to new tracks, we, lis- we listen it on the car stereo. Mm-hmm. Best way to know if your track is sounding well. And um, when we have finished a track, like I can tell you today, we have done the new electro swing track of Nicole Rochelle. Nice. Which is going to be our big uh, release of this year. I think uh-huh. we're going to play it in the car. If it sounds good in the car, then it's good. <laughs> That's a great tip. So any, yeah. any up-and-coming producers listening to the show, get your tracks on in the car stereo, but you heard yeah. it from Barton Baker. <laughs> Um, so just touching back on people that you've worked with obviously you've you've worked with some great names is there anyone that you haven't yet worked with but you'd really like to uh well um we had a a little conversation because Decker was surprised but i've put uh dita fontes oh okay yeah and the thing is that dita will never make really electro swing because uh uh, positioning as a brand is to work with very um, sharp electronic producers uh-huh. because uh, you know a category is um, is couture and uh, fashion. Yeah. So uh, I don't think she would do electro swing because it would already add to a glamorous image. Mm. But you know she's a nice she's a nice woman. She's always been very nice to us, mm. and um, maybe one day she will. Uh, she will be happy to do something with us. She might see your top hat and tails at Tomorrowland Festival and, and come finding you. <laughs> uh, that's, a really, that's really cool. Um, now, obviously, I think that leads oh, us really and well. In- and Baker forgot to say, yes. he's a die-art fan of Dame Shirley Bassett. Ooh, yeah. that would be... I would love oh, to know, see I mean, when collaboration. I kids, I, when I was a kid, I was listening to Shirley Bassett and uh-huh. saw her on stage. And when she made the... You know, she reached a new level with uh, Propeller Head. Yes. Wow. You know? So, so I said, <laughs> we can do 
posing with her. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? I think we need to make that happen. I would absolutely love to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to start a campaign. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make that one happen. <laughs> now, obviously, we've talked a little bit about Tomorrowland. Um, obviously, it happens every year in July. Um, you guys have played for it. Is it 10 years now? It yeah. would have been your 10th year? 10 years. Yeah, you know, I mean... You know, do you know where Tomorrowland comes from originally? All I know that it's a, obviously it's a massive festival that's held in Belgium. Uh, uh, originally, the people behind Tomorrowland were producing some compilation called Thunderdome. Oh, you okay. Thunderdome. Art Tech compilation in yeah. the 90s. So they made a bit of cash flow with it. Tomorrowland was, was free the first or second year and was only uh, gathering the local scene from Antwerp because the uh, people behind Tomorrowland are from Antwerp. Mm-hmm. And then it became what it is. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, um, you want to get our view on Tomorrowland? Would I like to play at Tomorrowland? Uh, yeah, no. Do you want to know what we? What yeah, we, I mean, what what makes it so special? I mean, it must be it must be good because it, it, it you've yeah. gone back there for ten years. So mm, and well, I've, I've never been, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that haven't been. So you I know, think yeah, you know, like, like every festival, um, Chumolangi is like an utopia. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, a, a passage a passage to the adult age. Ah, okay. It's just, in, it's, it's just in between the end of college and becoming, you know, an active player in the society. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I like about it, because when you go, okay, this is not the highest rated music in the world, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, people who go there are very, um, are very uh, sincere. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a... The, the, the feeling that it's I, I found very positive, you know, yeah. they could say that we are un, uh, under the radar of the edge limit for being a DJ, but they never complain <laughs> about that. They came and they wanted to have a picture with us, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, and an example of Tomorrowland, which makes it very crazy, they have a little chapel. Mm-hmm. Uh, little chapel has a as a mattress. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, you have half an hour and two condoms <laughs> to just do your things while two people are guarding the entrance. <laughs> and it's one of the things they put in the festival that makes it so, so special. Oh, you wow. It, it sounds really cool. many, many different... Uh, and the music. Uh, and you know, the music uh, has moved because I remember I've seen Solomon. Mm-hmm. Solomon played yeah. the, main, the main stage two years ago. Uh, so those people are not stupid, you know, they, they're moving to what the public test is and uh, they have some interest in addition to the recent uh, uh, edition. Yeah, that was really cool and it's really nice to hear that obviously people are so friendly and, um, and welcoming towards you and I think obviously what you say about how you see yourselves is like pushing the upraise a bit for being a DJ, I think I think that obviously music, that what makes music so special is there is no age limit in music. And I think that, you know, you should, people should never look at a DJ and think they're too Oh, and one thing about Tomorrowland, it's much more cleaner than Glastonbury. Oh, that, that's good. Less much. <laughs> yeah, the, the, sadly with the British festivals, one thing we cannot guarantee is the weather. So they are often quite muddy. Um, now, obviously, you've, you've been all the way around the world. You see, you go to Tokyo quite a lot um, searching for music. You, you played in you know, Germany, all over. You've come to Manchester for Prohibition. 
do you enjoy traveling and the kind of lifestyle that goes with that or do you um, mm. prefer t- spending time in the studio? Uh, you know, it's an interesting question uh, and uh, it's a really sincere answer. When we travel, we usually are very creative. Ideas with song come from when you are in a plane and you just are in a bubble and usually we, we write our tracks while we travel and we come back to the studio to make it happen. Oh, so wow. basically, both, uh, both environments are very complementary. That was really cool. I would never have thought to kind of write a track on, a, on an airplane. So is that why you travel so much? Because you're so creative when you're traveling? You know, <laughs> no, you know, the thing is that when you are in, when you are in an airplane, uh, you have no responsibility at all of what's going to happen. Someone is driving the plane yeah. and you are just completely, uh, if you feel it unstressed, uh-huh. because there's no way you're going to control what's going to happen with the flight. So for the brain, it's a very good way to open to creativity. Same with hotel. You know, when you're in a hotel room, uh-huh. you delegate all the different things to people who care about you. And then your brain is completely available to do other things. That's a really good tip again. Yeah. So for any producers that are, that are listening to the show, <laughs> take your laptop on, on the airplane and write music. Good things yeah. will happen. <laughs> um, now, obviously, you've, again, you played loads of shows. Um, but if could you pick kind of like a few standout shows which have been a few favorites to play? Yeah. Um, so what did we put? Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, playing in Manchester was a, was a thing we liked. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, can, <laughs> I can tell you the story. When we were booked to play in Manchester, we were very, um, Fearing that people, you know, this is one of the music, uh, music symbol of of UK, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, Liverpool. So we thought people are going to be very uh, expecting with the sound mm-hmm. and the attempt, but we just forgot that the people from the north are so nice. And they just, you know, like the people in the north of France, you know, like in Lille, they are the nicest people in France. And I think the audience was really, really cool. And uh, I really love the first year we came uh, in the little bar. Yeah. You know, the, the, was it the zombie shack? Yeah. The shack or something? The zombie shack. Yeah. yeah. So I would say that one is a good uh, memory. Um, Glastonbury is another one because it was such a what the fuck festival. <laughs> You know, even, you know, nobody knows this story, but, you know, we parked our, we parked our car uh, in a parking without knowing that there were 40 different parking in the place. Oh, wow. After playing until two o'clock in the morning, we spent, we spent one hour with a key to try to find our car. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not what you want at 2 a.m., is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, would be another one, and maybe playing at the Olympia because Olympia in Paris, the Olympia. It, it, it's okay. a con- concert hall that is a bit like um, the Astoria or um, you know the Royal Albert Hall. You know, people who are the fringe of celebrity are usually offered to play at Olympia, and we were um, you know lucky to play three times: one to open Scott Bradley, one to open Carole Emerald. And one to open Earth, Wind and Fire. <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, Earth, Wind and Fire. That, that is a great one. Out of, yeah, yeah. That, that's one to tick off the bucket list, I have to say. <laughs> um, but you know, even a, small, even a small party is a great memory. Yeah. Right? I, I wouldn't really uh, rate uh, a place by the number of people who came to, the, to see the show. 
Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point. Um, yeah. Obviously, being a DJ myself as well, some of the best events I played are the smaller ones, you know. Um, and it's lovely to hear that you enjoyed Manchester as well. I, I know yes. I, I always get so many lovely comments from all the Prohibition regulars yeah. about, about you guys. They really, yeah. really enjoyed it. That's the expression that people say, it's Grim Up North. <laughs> Grim Up North. It's lovely up north. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, we loved we loved the bad Manchester, you know. Ah, uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And is there anywhere that you've not yet played, but you'd like to if you got the chance? Um, you know, actually, we are so lucky. You know, some things that people don't really know, we don't have a booker. Oh wow! Oh, you do it all yourselves. We, we never got a concert by asking. We only get emails from people asking us to perform. So you know, I would let the luck be as it is. If I get a request, let's be a request. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend to ask some things that I don't deserve. So I will just wait the email to come through. That's a very, very lovely mantra <laughs> that I think a lot of people could learn from. So, yeah, I take my hat off to you. I know, in fact, I am actually wearing a flat cap, although this is radio. I am wearing a hat. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, you played some massive gigs. Um, Tomorrowland, Glastonbury, they're like huge. I know if that was me, I'd be mm -hmm. so nervous. But do you get nervous before you go on stage? And if so, how do you deal with the nerves? I think it's good to be nervous, you know. Uh, I can tell you some other stories. We usually prepare three different playlists. Mm -hmm. Like one smooth, one medium and one a bit hard because you never really know what people will go for and it's always good to be prepared. Mm -hmm. Now, in a way, being very prepared is, uh, is the best way to, uh, to, uh, to, to kill the stage fright. But I'm going to tell you another story. We played in a very, like a Coachella festival in France. Mm -hmm. It's in Corsica. And we were supposed to play for one hour. <laughs> and the other DJ never came, came up. So we ended up playing five hours. <laughs> Oh, and wow. <laughs> well, that was the best set of our life yeah. because basically <laughs> we were like juggling with tracks and uh, people were enjoying it. And, uh, you know, so that, that comes completely against my first theory. You can have a very surprising, uh, you know, we played in Lollapalooza, which was a little festival like, um, um, uh, no, Uza Palooza. And uh, I remember very well because we met um, a ten snake. He was, oh, starting, nice. he was starting and he was, his uh, flight was late, so he played only half of his set. And he came to see our stage and once again we were given two hours to play and we ended up playing five hours. <laughs> and so he came to see us in the backstage and said, why guys, you have so much energy, I loved it. Desperate, you know, because, you know, for two hours, you end up playing three other hours. Yeah. So you, you have to be uh, to be having a laugh about it or you're, or you're not going to survive. Exactly. That, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. That's something you learn. Again, this goes out to kind of the D DJs that might be listening. There's no point getting upset when things go wrong. You just got to roll with it. As you say, you just got to have fun. And yeah. um, also be prepared, as you say, because you don't know how many hours you'll end up playing for. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's cool. Um, now, um, from the outside in, um, you seem to lead like a really cool lifestyle. What do you enjoy most about your job? And is there anything about it that you don't like? Um, no, I, well, there's nothing we don't like because we are... Uh, 
little bastard when we don't like to do something we don't do it <laughs> so if, if so if we, <laughs> so if we see anything that that's going to be negative in the horizon we just don't go you know <laughs> we close the door um the best thing for me is being able to work with uh, wonderful artist you know like today uh, we we did the new song of uh, Nicole Rochelle uh-huh. and Nicole introduced us to a fantastic musician a Lebanese musician he plays piano two saxophone and clarinet wow and he was even in the early stage of Caravan Palace that's amazing he sounds and so this, this guy was so uh, involved in the track he played a lot of different uh, melodic lines And I was like, uh, thanks God, you know, it's not a celebrity, but for me, it's a star. Because yeah. uh, those people make the, the music stand up, you know? Exactly. And obviously, you're happy to meet a celebrity, but, uh, but you know, um, it's, all, it's all about connection with people, you know? Definitely, it is. And about you, you know, you've met some really cool people. So that, that's great to hear that you guys enjoy your job so much. I think that, that's really special when you find something in life that you really enjoy. Uh, some people say that you never do a day's work again because you enjoy it. So, yeah. Um, and so, an interesting question here for you. Um, you is this is all completely make believe, by the way. This hasn't actually happened. Uh, you receive a call from the Warner Brothers studio. They're making yeah. a film about your life. Mm-hmm. Um, who would you pick to play Barton Baker and why? Why did I put? Is <laughs> <laughs> they putting you on the spot here? Uh, I remember we we answered to that one. I think uh, um, for Baker, I, I was proposing uh, uh, James Gandolfini. If, oh, yeah. if you, you know, he played the soprano. Uh-huh. So, like a big guy. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, for me, and uh, yeah, and the second choice was Tony Shalhoub. Oh, nice. <laughs> we, we loved the TV show Monk. Uh-huh. You know, this guy has a lot of uh, uh, Tick. ticks, you know. Right. <laughs> and uh, for me, uh, Baker wanted to put Benny Hill, which I don't really like. <laughs> and for me, it would be more Billy Crystal. Okay. Uh, who's an American actor who's, uh, you know, always very uh, demonstrative, you know, always yeah. uh, rolling his eyes. Speaking it's, it's, a lot. It's very, it's very <laughs> don't like that, speaking a lot. <laughs> It's very me. <laughs> That's great. You know, I, I'd really love to see a film made about Barton Baker. I think it. I think it would be great. <laughs> also, you know, maybe <laughs> there was a movie about uh, Laurel and Hardy, Stan and Laurel. Yes. And, uh, we just hope that the movie wouldn't be about the downside of the business, you know? Because yeah. <laughs> the movie about Laurel and Hardy is at the end of their career. Nobody wants them anymore. Oh. The last tour in UK to make money. Yeah. I really hope no, nobody in our artist life will show that we are uh, making the exterior that we shouldn't, you know. I Yeah, I totally understand that. So, yeah, maybe one day we shall see it on the big screens. Um, now, I'd like to just ask you about... Um, new kind of producers and bands that are coming into the electro swing scene um, mm-hmm. there seems to have been quite a lot of music released at great this show which is great and also quite a lot of new artists so is there anyone you can pick out as your one to watch yeah. for 2020 um you know what's in- what's just interesting is how twitch and the uh, tiktok mm-hmm. have um, adopted electro swing as a background ah. you know we get we get uh, 
notification from TikTok artists, you know, who uh -huh. perform on YouTube Instagram. So I think it's funny because basically Electro Swing was already one of the top five music for advertising uh, synchro. And uh -huh. basically it's not it's not uh, bizarre that they are so much played in the video game uh, performance and uh, and TikTok because it makes people happy, you know. Uh -huh. And, uh, and as long as the uh, electro swing will not try to be too brainy, mm -hmm. which is something that can be bad to any genre of music, you know. If you take jazz, uh, I don't like intellectual jazz, you know, it gets me very bored. Yeah. And uh, for me, the original jazz is about uh, playing music in the Latin Quarter in New Orleans, you know. Uh huh. Yeah. It's not about uh, five, five gloomy people on the stage, you know, who, who play music that want to make you angry yourself, you know. Absolutely. And is, is there any kind of um, specific producers or bands that have kind of um, caught, you know, I caught your I would say that uh, I was very impressed and very, uh, very, very supportive to um, Dutchy Moonshine. Uh, yes. Because we, we met them through uh, Kiwi Star, you know, uh -huh. good friend of them. I remember we saw them at the very early stage of their career in a party in, uh, in Scotland. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, they were very straight to their music, you know, very, you know, not not trying to make a, a com com compromise. Uh -huh. and, you know, basically, if you look at where they are today, I mean, they're the best example of uh, uh, doing what you like and uh, go with your passion. So I would say, you know, even if they're not a new band, for me, uh, they come out as a new, uh, new band this year with this project. Yeah, that's that's really, really lovely of you to say and I think everybody would agree um with you on that one, Mike. Dutty Moonshine, he's played at Prohibition a couple of times. He's super lovely, super passionate, and they absolutely deserve the um top forty album um success that they've just achieved. So yeah. Um, and from um, talking about new producers and bands, I know we've kind of a few kind of um, tips have kind of come out in this interview um, for aspiring DJs. But have you yourselves got any advice that you can give um, people that might be listening to the show that are thinking of um, taking up um, DJing electro swing or wanting to produce it? You mean uh, uh, would would I recommend to build yourself uh, a personality in the DJ scene as a you know? Well, basically, the, the secret is listen many, many music because it's not only the track with Electro Swing on the name that will be Electro Swing. Uh -huh. There's a lot of music on the DG, um, DG uh, you know, uh, shops yeah. that are actually Electro Swing, but the producer have, have labeled it another name. Yes. It, it takes a time to, to, to find them. But sometimes you have some real diamonds, uh, hidden gems, you know. Uh, and I think that's what's funny when you're a DJ is actually to go with your math now because it's not about digital and try to find some very exciting tracks that you're going to share with your audience. Um, because everybody can do like a playlist of the latest release, Electro Swing. Yeah. Um, what makes the difference is obviously when you produce track and you offer it to your audience as an extra. And when you are, you know, I take the example of Johannes, you know, uh, Johannes Erech from uh, Electro Swing uh, um, Nation. Yeah. Uh, Johannes has a very, very large uh, culture of music and is able to dig 
some electro thing in their music, in uh, all kind of music. And I think for me, it got the right approach. That's you know, I'm, uh, I'm sorry for those who know what electro thing is really. I mean, myself, I can put electro thing in many different categories. And, uh, and I don't, uh, I mean, we don't like to be pigeonholed, you know, as people, yeah. and we don't like to be pigeonholing or research of music, you know. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's always moving. When you're an artist, you are never formatted anyway. Yeah, that, that's really that's really great advice, and I think you hit the nail on the head there um, when you were talking about kind of looking for hidden gems. I think that's that's one of the fun things about uh, being a DJ. Obviously, when it was vinyl, you'd go into a record shop and you'd you dig in the crates, but now you're doing it virtually, and there's some really great places to go for. And as you say, a lot of um, electro swing isn't necessarily cate- necessarily categor- categorized as the genre. I know there's stuff like Throttle and Landis and these kind of producers that are from the EDM world are actually putting stuff out that could arguably be electro swing. So, so yeah, for DJs that are looking to get into the genre, do your homework. It's not always obvious to find, but if you go looking, you will find some really cool music. Yeah. Um, so back to your own music. In 2017, you released an album called Electro Swing New Generation. Mm-hmm. Um, two years on, do you think much has changed in the electro swing sing- scene? And what do you think you, the future um, is for the genre? I think what I, what I can see is uh, more and more real band coming on the scene, you know. I think people are making the effort of building up, uh, you know, a band approach with real instruments. Yeah. And try to make something... Uh, I mean, we all like to put sample in the track with uh, kicks, but uh, I mean, for God's sake, we are able to write original tracks with a vibe and do yeah. something different from, uh, you know, taking always the same loop in the same <laughs> folders, you know? Um, so, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, people are brave, you know, because electro thing is not such... Um, it's not such a niche that makes you very rich, you know, basically. You, know, you have to really, really believe in what you do to, to go into it. But uh, yeah, basically, uh, the level of production has risen, you know. Uh-huh. Um, I, on the other side, but I never listened to those music, it seems as a very cheap offer of electro swing for Japan animatics or whatever it is. Uh, okay, wh- why not, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a free word. Um, but uh, yeah. You know, electro thing is going to be around for a long time, you know, or it's, it's uh, yeah. not going to die, you know. Swing is here to stay, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's in interesting. the darker times, you know, in the darker times, swing is uh, always coming back. You it, know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that leads us on really well to talk about um, the work that you've done, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in other genres, because although... Um, the Prohibition listeners will best know you for Electro Swing. I think you said it yourselves, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself. You've released yeah. um, any, everything from like chill jazz and house, even touched on drum and bass in a, in a few of your releases. Um, what led you to start releasing other styles of music and how would you split your time between so many projects? Yeah, first uh, we're listening to all kinds of music and uh, I mean, maybe we are a bit vain to say that, but for me, the button maker brand as producer is enough to to put a, any track on it, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, I can even tell you we are we are uh, preparing a, a collection of ac- acoustic version of all our tracks. 
And uh, I know that one of the tracks has been made into a Combia version. Uh, you know, a good song can be made in very different production formats. So, you know, yeah, uh, me and Baker, we have never, never been uh, limited to a specific uh, category. And you know what? If I look at, you know, the cash machine and <laughs> myself, myself online, I'm, we make as much money with the uh, tempo and deeper track mm -hmm. than with the electric swing. That so why put all your eggs in the same basket? Well, exactly. I think that, that's very true. It's great that you've been able to kind of successfully uh, release so many styles. So yeah, if it's working for you, then then great. Um, and what does the future hold for Barton Baker? What can we expect in the coming months and years? Um, yeah, I'd say, okay, so we were ready to speak before COVID. <laughs> but, now we, <laughs> but now we know we have to come back with a revenge and something for the world. Yeah. Uh, basically, um, what's coming is uh, another Phil Bayana uh, uh, release. You know, it's one of our uh, iconic performers. Mm -hmm. We have uh, some great remixes by Chris Coco, which, which is a big figure of the Ibiza scene. And we have uh, big disco remixes by Mark Lower, you know, who's producing a lot of track with uh, Ashley and Scarlett. Uh -huh. uh, it's coming out around June. Uh, we have uh, um, the new Nico Rochelle song, which yes, we're we very, very excited about. Okay. Um, and uh, so the time to make a video and all those things, uh -huh. we come at probably before the electro swing party uh, third, uh, third release uh, around December. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and we have the acoustic collection of tracks. Uh, it's only track we wrote, not, not cover track. And it's all unplugged and we start, you know, with instruments. Uh, because uh, once again, uh, uh, we always have artists performing instruments in the studio and we are we are very happy to show that the tracks can be uh, made in, a, in an acoustic way. So, you know, it will be released probably... Uh, you know, the thing is that with the COVID, you, you don't really know what the calendar is anymore. You don't know if we're going to all be doing things in summer. So, you know, we will we, we release the, the track when we'll be ready and happy with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Excellent. So there we go. We expect lots more music, which is great because yeah. obviously we, we all love your music. So I'm and I'm also really excited um, about the acoustic um, album that you talk about. I think that would be something different. Um, now, I know you have lots of fans who all absolutely love what you do. And we have a few questions for you. Um, mm -hmm. When we do the Prohibition Radio Show, we do a little fan yeah. feature. Um, so the first question, and I, now I know this lady is a huge fan of yours because she always says how much she admires you. This is from Madame Misfit, Sarah Jane. Um, she asks for you, can you dance? I, as in, can you do the Charleston or the Jive? And if so, do you ever do it at your shows? Um, personally, I'm the one in the duo that has learned Lindy Up for three years. So I've been learning Lindy Up and actually did it for a very selfish reason. It's because I was feeling I was losing the vibe when I was writing a track. Ah. I needed to understand the rhythm and the way people dance. And the only way is actually to learn to, to dance yourself. And uh, that was a great experience because uh, my, my sum up of dancing experience is that you never really touch people during the day of your life. And when you dance with people, you touch people for two hours during the classes and you end up having a lot of uh, good uh, vibes 
you know, it changed between the people and that makes them very happy. Uh, Becca is not uh, dancing, you know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have the famous sentence you like to use. This is like Churchill, no sport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. No dance if I don't. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> I think that, that's another absolutely golden tip for DJs and producers, even myself, actually, um, when you say, in order to feel the music, you need to dance the music. So that, that I, I think I'm going to go away and, and learn how to do the Lindy Hop. So, <laughs> thank you. Know, you. you can do a, a weekend, a weekend, you know, or a... Oh, okay. There's a, there's a thunder clapping. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Direct. Direct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you can do a weekend of Lindy Hop and you will get the basic, you know, it's enough to... Amazing. Sarah's also asked if you do the dance, which part you say you do, can we have some video footage uploaded onto the internet for us all to see? <laughs> Maybe someday. Um, a question from Ellie Sish. Now, I did not ask him to say this. This is purely um, that's come through from the Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Are we coming back to, come to Manchester? Yes. Yeah. I think, uh, in addition to the city and the audience, you are such a lovely guest. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember we had this conversation when we used to do uh, parties in Paris. Uh -huh. We were always trying to make the performers as happy as possible. Yeah. Uh, because when the performer is happy, he's, uh, he's uh, sending back love to the audience when he plays. And, uh, and honestly, uh, you're one of the few ones that I work with that had such to care and, um, and, um, and willing to make uh, the artist like uh, cozy uh, in your uh. party. So that would be another reason for coming. That's lovely. Well, I, and I can answer the question as well. Um, do they have any plans to come back to Manchester? Yes, they do, because we would love to have you back um, to play at Prohibition. Um, when, we don't know because of obviously the coronavirus, but keep your eyes peeled and we, we will get some news for you soon. Um, and a final fan question um, from Manu Vasili uh, Gemini. Um, another one about gigs. You've got a lot of people wanting to know when you're going to be playing next. Do you have any plans to return to running regular events well, in Paris? I, I can make the political response or I can make the threat forward response. So let's go to the threat forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this time there's no more space for lights, you know? Hmm. Basically, when we started producing parties, we were in a context when Lindy Hop was very weak in Paris. Yeah. There, there was only a few parties and people needed the support of DJ to just make it happen in the club. Uh -huh. And suddenly there were Lydia classes everywhere, you know, thousands of people learning Lydia. Electro swing was not seen as a, as a good addition to parties. And then we were gently kicked out of the parties. Uh -huh. so if you add to this that... Uh, I don't know if you know the feeling, but I, I, I spoke with Ashley about it. Uh, you are never famous in your own city, basically. Yeah. Uh, people will pay a lot for Baden Baker to come from Paris to play in America. Mm -hmm. If we are coming in a club and there's not a big uh, uh, spending on media promotion and everything, we may not be sure we're going to fill the club. 
just yeah. because uh, you know Parisians they've got a, a big offer in in shows and concerts, and they will always prefer to go and see Purple Disco Machine because they're not going to see them every day. They're going to see the good old Barton Baker who live in Paris. Oh, <laughs> I, I'd go and see you if I lived in Paris. <laughs> yeah. So you know the response is is never no because we are we are we are two Buddhas now we are very wise and we have learned from from our story um, and there's always a, a good project coming you know but uh, basically uh, there is not uh, in Paris any producer in big uh, clubs that really want to make a bet on electro singing anyway. Yeah, well, hopefully things will change. You never know what, what the future holds. Um, so we're we kind of coming towards the end of the interview. Um, so I've got a kind of a few um, questions for you, just quick fire questions. It's um, cognac or champagne? Uh, champagne, of champagne. course. Yes, I, I thought you might pick that one. I've seen many a photo on Instagram of um, champagne. My <laughs> family comes from cognac. <laughs> Oh, okay. Controversial. <laughs> uh, and it's summer or winter, which do you prefer? Um, I, uh, I think winter is the more inspiring uh, season for us. Yeah. yeah, I tend to agree. There's no, you can't beat getting all cosy and, and snug in front yeah. of the fire with a glass of champagne or cognac. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this question, I don't know if I'd be able to answer it myself, but swing or jazz? Um, I would say swing because... Uh, I think it's 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 more it's more uh, active as an experience than jazz, you know. Even if I like jazz, but swing is about uh, matching the feet with the heart and the soul. So that's extra for me. Yeah, that, that's a great great um, explanation. Um, and finally, what three things do you never go to a gig without? We can answer to that. Um, <laughs> so we can show you the first thing we always bring to parties. Oh, that's amazing. So the listeners, they have a, what are they? A penguin. Penguins. Penguins. A, two, two penguins. <laughs> can you oh, explain why you take penguins to a, um, a gig? Because, you know, our, our costume, people say we we'll, we dress up penguins. Ah, penguins. That's very clever. The second thing is the bottle of water. <laughs> That, that's always a big joke because people come to us and say, hey guys, do you want to have a whiskey or something? <laughs> we always say, no, we want a bottle of water and maybe we get totally uh, drunk after the show, but no, not during the show. Exactly. Uh, Very professional of you. And, and the, the final thing, thing? The final thing is actually my, my smartphone. Because ah. I used to bring my camera, but no camera are good on, on the phone. Yeah. And I would like to make a little selfie video at the end, you know. Um, so that would be the third accessory I would bring. That's a very sensible answer. Nobody has said that, but that makes absolutely perfect sense. You wouldn't get very far <laughs> if you didn't have your phone with you. So <laughs> that's but great. Did we, did we pass the test? <laughs> You absolutely did. And I, I've learned something new because I didn't know about the penguins. So uh, that's really cool. Well, I've, I've absolutely loved talking to you, Barton Baker. Um, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedules. Um, obviously, you have um, social media. You run Instagram yeah. and Facebook and everything like that. So we'll make sure we drop um, the link. And we've got five vinyls to be to be won. Yes, they have five vinyls to give away. Um, so very limited, only two hundred copies made. Uh, we'll get it signed, autographed, and sent with uh, 
with a lipstick uh, dress on it. Sealed with a kiss. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. So, yeah, so obviously what we're going to do is uh, we're going to do a little competition. Um, so we'll be probably running that. We'll be running this off the Facebook page. Um, so I think we'll be doing it. Well, it'll be a like and share. So when you when you like and share, and we'll pick names um, as to who um, gets the vinyl. That that's super lovely of you guys. I know there'll be lots of people that will be itching to get those. There's some super fans out there. So that, that's they, great. They, they basically never made it to the shop. That's really sad, they but were, it, they were only used for promo. So basically, the only way to get them is actually to to knock on our page mm-hmm. or to ask a, a nice Emma uh, Claire to get it uh, warm. Exactly. So I will be taking bribes. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. Is there anything else? You, anything you'd like to say finally um, before we before we go? Well, you know, uh, even if we, I mean, maybe personally, I was sometimes making a bit of itchy comments. I can actually say that this is a very positive community, you know. I mean, we're very lucky to have been uh, chosen to play in the electro swing circuit because I can only remember Smythe. Very few, uh, very, very few uh, bad, uh, bad moments. Yeah. And uh, probably we're still here today and enjoying it because, you know, when we see Nicole Rochelle in the studio who, has, who still have it and is still very enthusiastic to do electrosync music, we, you know, we, we're just happy, you know. It's very corny and stupid feeling, but uh, we have a feeling we do something good. So uh, I want to say also, after this COVID period, so awful, the show must go on, so yeah. <laughs> we're going. I, so I, what I can tell you is that the song we wrote for Nicole is actually a special song for COVID. Oh, this wow. It's called AU, and Nicole is um, is uh, talking to a friend who are still on confinement, and she has a friend to go out and party and come back to swinging again. So this is, um, this is a mantra song to get people back to the dancing uh, dancing stage. Uh, that was great. I really, I'm very excited to hear that. I think that's a lovely. A lovely I, I, I send you a sample, but only for you in secret. Uh, I, that, that's lovely. Thank you, guys. <laughs> and it's also, I think you hit on a really good point as well. Just how lovely everybody is in the electro swing community. Yeah. From my from my perspective as well, I've I've done work in in lots of other genres, but the electro swings it's really special so i think we've got something really lovely to hold on to there and i look forward to uh, the day when we can all um go on the dance floor again together and watch you bart baker djing and doing your thing so thank you very much no thank you for your invitation and uh, maybe see you in paris soon hey buddy do you like to swing come with me you're listening to emma claire of all things swinging at Prohibition Radio. Radio, 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 Radio. Uh, Thank you very much to Bart and Baker for taking the time out of their busy schedules to speak to the Prohibition Radio show and also a massive thank you for donating the vinyl. What a cool prize. That's all from me. I shall be back with you in August when I'll be bringing an exclusive interview and guest mix from Atom Smith. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com, Prohibition MCR.